Welcome to the Start Global Insights, the podcast for businesses looking to expand globally. On this show, we interview experts from different countries to get insights about local business culture and help you to enter new global markets. Today we will talk with Andrus Kotri, who is from Estonia. So we will talk about the Estonian market. Andrus is a PhD in economics and business administration. And uh, he has uh, more than 10 years in customer experience management in different companies, in automotive, banking, fashion, and business consulting services in Baltic countries. Uh, and he is, also has uh, more than 17 years uh, in international business in Eastern and Northern Europe. Was that correct, Andrus? Hello. Yes, that was almost correct. Also in Southern Europe, I have experience. So. Yeah. So tell, tell me maybe uh, your story. What do you do now? Uh, what is your main, main business uh, today? I consider myself a customer experience management expert nowadays. So that's, that's, and this is what I've been doing then basically for 10 years. And, and it's, it's, it can be a quite new profession, but this is really, I'd say probably the next question is what, what does it mean? So I'll explain a bit that. Yeah. Please tell us at least uh, what do you mean under the customer experience management? Why it is important to have it uh, in, in company? In, in, in companies, it often happens like everyone understands that um, that having satisfied customers is, is a good business strategy. Like, like everyone should uh, try to have satisfied customers because they bring you more revenue, they refer to friends, and then overall they don't leave your company. But in practice, it often happens that customers are not that satisfied. And so, so, so that's the role actually for me to be from one side, the watchdog of when the customer kind of needs are not met. And then on the other hand, to advise basically the organization or make the processes, roles and, and, and work to flow so that all these kind of mistakes are quickly corrected. And kind of, so the customer satisfaction would increase and with satisfaction also the revenues. That's a kind of specific role, very, very, very much listening to the customers and then trying to implement this kind of like change uh, facilitator inside organization. Do I understand? Correct. Is it about understanding what the customer wants or this is um, more about how he already communicates with your business, with your brand? Uh, what does he get if, if he is satisfied? Yeah, it all starts from the very deep understanding of what the customer wants and then what they need, what they actually need. You know, when you are buying, let's say, a luxury car, do you just need a transport or or do you actually want a, a, a self-expression possibility for yourself or, or possibility to re- relax in the car? And so, so to really understand what the customer wants and then you put or help the organization to, to put down the strategy, like what we should actually offer and then let's say it's unique selling proposition then or that's the, what 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 you should do uh, compared of course thinking what the competitors are doing and and what's uh, profitable and, and then you put down basically the strategy which comes very deeply into organizational values let's say if organ if, if customers value speed very much you need to be for example in the bank very very operative very quick answers then the whole value inside the organization everything should be very quick processes people and so on and you put KPIs and, and you monitor 
constantly like are we quick or not or then again if another organization wants to be very fun then the whole value thing will be about fun and having this kind of like las vegas type experience maybe so 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 then you have this strategy and then coming down you go really operationally like uh, into what are the right kpis for that organization and that strategy what are the right roles and then even down to detail what are the scripts how you should communicate to customers and how your marketing material should look like and then everything what you basically deliver to customers and and then yeah you monitor uh, if everything is working and if not then you go back and, and try to improve and and that actually i would say like increase the maturity of organization or, or some managers then like to help them also to understand what the customer needs really why they need and why it's a profitable strategy to listen to and act on that knowledge. So in fact, this sounds like at the beginning of every business. So first of all, you need to understand who is your client and what does this client want? Yes, in, in let's say business book sense, it is starting from very basics ABC. But you know, often it happens in practice that the people who have uh, established companies and who are uh, successful managers and owners, they, they have not read these business books that much. And they have just started doing something and they do it well, but uh, but then maybe not thinking and maybe even it requires special ability to, to how to listen to customers. There are special like market research methods and, and uh and how you can make conclusions about and, and then what is profitable and what strategy is viable and and so 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 yeah it, it is no <laughs> um, how to say no rocket science it's it's very basic actually but uh, going into practice there are a lot of small details actually so but talking from the perspective of exporters yeah so we are trying to help ukrainian exporters in this case if they would like to go to a new country and uh, to sell their existing products there this might be at least it sounds like uh, it should be the first step they should do to understand who is the client for example in estonia yeah and what uh, this client really wants and then maybe even adapt the product for the these wishes yeah because the product uh, the product itself already exists in ukraine uh, but when they are going to estonia then they are either offering their product and are looking for the client whose wish will coincide with uh, with the product or they listen to customers and then adapt their product or package it in the way that customer will accept yeah i think you mentioned it very good like you package it uh, like the customer accepts because like based on my experience and i've worked uh, from southern europe like albania moldova Romania, Ukraine, Kazakhstan to Sweden, uh, Norway, Finland, Baltic countries. And, and uh, mostly companies actually don't, uh, well, let's say in, in this region, the customer needs are not that different. Everyone wants to have a very fast bank. If you send an email or call to bank, you want a fast reply. That's the most. And you want low interests. <laughs> That's your main interest. When you go to buy... Um, no theater tickets you want entertainment uh, of course the type of it can be different but but still the main need or if you go and buy a car let's say a luxury car you go for a, people are not that different across the countries i would say there are cultural differences but you don't need to maybe totally reconfigure your product you go with the same product but let's say some like uh, packaging uh, advertisements uh, marketing totally that strategy how, how do you communicate that can be adapted to local country but the main thing to 
maybe it is to understand yourself and then that gives even more like what is for example for a bank like what it really is what the customer wants is it like friendly smile or is it a fast response then <laughs> and if you have figured that out then you are halfway to success okay and for example i have ukrainian company that is willing to enter estonian market is there any kind of a roadmap or advice that you could give them uh, how to start it or how do you do it usually in estonia um i think you when, when you have a good kind of this core like your unique selling proposition is it you have the most beautiful fashion or you have the sweetest candies which are really tasteful and and the, but then you need to localize it or adapt to local markets for example we have in estonia very good uh, ukrainian candies but their packaging around them is not uh, adapted to local market and uh, and they are sold actually in in quite many places but they look different from what is on average uh, shelves and then when the customer goes and like should i try this thing that is coming from a country i don't know that well and it looks kind of different it probably tastes different as well and 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 you you don't buy that so so although people who know they buy and and they are very happy with uh, the contents the core candy but just the paper around it it's it's not matching to this you know like in estonia they are for example more like nordic style it's very minimalistic you might have just white paper around and there are small letters on that and but you know in for these at least ukrainian candies they are very like golden and very much kind of uh, looking very uh, scattered and then and, and this kind of very happy but that's a, just a different style although the candy that that is not that much different and how do you understand how to package how to understand uh, what uh, uh, the local client wants and uh, needs and how to adapt your product to this uh, local culture and design maybe yeah, i think that is a, the, the biggest question and challenge actually how to understand the local customer the first first thing here is you you need to kind of understand that it, there are differences huge differences in this you can't sell with a different or, or the wrong package and then you can't say like the market does not accept it it's just you have a small thing that you need to fix for these customers actually but to understand them, I guess you need to, to, to actually visit the market, which is, would be first step, just to get the feeling to, to go into local supermarkets here or local fashion stores here. You can get the feeling and be open, not like they are doing it wrong in here, but just it is what it is. You need to adapt to the market. And, uh, you know, like learning from competitors would be like the first step, you see. And this you can do digitally as well, going to the websites and uh, trying some local language uh, with the help of Google Translate, for, for example, some, uh, a lot of companies have online presence, so, so you can get the idea about the style and, and what the people might kind of prefer. And, and it's, of course, it's changing a bit with the time as well, but, but you know, they say this Nordic minimalism, which is kind of have, has reached Estonia as well, compared to like in, in Southern Europe, there is more these happy happy tones and happy messages. And so, so you can have some rule of thumbs there as well, but and then, then of course you can go into more detail i think uh, market research uh, if, you, if you're not up to interviewing the customers yourself you can hire a, a market research company a local one 
which can help to to make this kind of local language interviews with customers and ask what they value and and why they value so you would get this more in-depth uh, understanding of the customer tastes but i guess you, you still need to understand also like what are the competitors offering so, so that is a big step because you don't need to really go into the psychology of every Estonian person as long as you are kind of look good comparing to other competitors. So, so, so definitely, but understanding what the competitors are doing, yeah, internet makes it easier nowadays. But I, I would suggest this kind of like market visit effort. Of course, you can. What companies are doing is you hire the local local manager, basically from similar industry, or or who knows his local tastes and who who takes care all about the marketing and who gives you instructions how to design the packaging and and so on. But that is of course like taking a bit risk. It's it's based on one person and that you need to really trust that person. So, but I know that uh, if if companies are in a hurry, then that's that's done as well. So. Oh yeah, I think that this can be like the second step. So it's the first time to understand by yourself, by existing channels, at least through internet or as you said, by the competitors, probably get as much information as possible. And then based on that, already listen to this particular person from industry and compare how, how correct his opinion is, at least for, to what you have seen by yourself. Because I think that you are right that it, it might be so that if the person is wrong, then uh, the whole chain afterwards will be disaster. True, true. It's, it's very much uh, uh, will, will depend on that person. But then again, hey, it's, it's just packaging. <laughs> the, the, the whole, the, the, the real product will be the same. So, so probably the mistakes will be not that. Uh... Yes, if, if we are talking about the B2C market, when you have a physical product that you can package and um, and send, then it is one thing. But if, if it is, for example, a B2B and you are selling something bigger, like equipment, for example, for the factories or uh, machinery, and uh, in this case, you need to package as well, but the package is not like physical. Yeah? So it is more, more like uh, in, in your marketing materials, in your letters, in your messages. And this, this might be... Uh, a bit more difficult than just to see how how the competitors package their candies. Yes, definitely in in B two B market uh, the challenge is bigger. But then, and it, it it is probably just you go and, and and meet the people and you are getting the first orders, maybe even with a lower price, just to get some information for this from these companies that accept you. Not everyone will accept your your offers and 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 want to talk to you. And that there's nothing personal. They have just running contracts, and then they have good partners already. So, so you need to. It's a numbers game. You need to try many options and and start small, and then you gain, I guess, more knowledge into into the field. And and you need to really appreciate that knowledge. Then, what uh, or if you have a partner here who will share with you the market situation, the information that uh, that would be good. Yeah. And from your experience, how how easy it is. To get such interviews with potential clients from the street, for example, in a B two B, yeah. So if, if you are calling to the company and asking for some opinion or the uh, needs and wishes of this potential client, 
It is uh, in, in Estonia and in Baltics, I think it's quite similar. It's not that easy, but it's not too difficult either. It is still, uh, people are open and, and our culture is perhaps in, in Baltics like more open to opportunities. And, and I mean like business opportunities, good business opportunities and trying new options and, and not that conservative like perhaps in old Europe. But if I would compare to Finland, Sweden, that's definitely more more difficult to, to get uh, even the door open or get your foot uh, between the door but just being consistent and persistent and it's not easy even for Estonian companies I have uh, friends here who, who have started B2B businesses and they they are also frustrated the first year it's very hard for them as well to to get to to get behind the table at first and to get the first orders and after like two years they are saying like oh business is so good I, I would have never imagined but it takes two years to, to, to get that to that point so And if uh, we, for example, will think about the places where uh, where it is much more easier to get the uh, feedback uh, from the potential client, could it be something that is used now in, in Estonia? I don't know, some conferences, exhibitions, where you have a concentration of your potential client to talk with. We do have some fairs, like we had here, agriculture fair, for example, with for agriculture machinery, a very big fair. And, and, and then there is uh, construction materials fairs where, where companies come together. And But they are, they are then more, perhaps they are not like business to business very much. They are more like business to consumer oriented. But then again, you, you meet the business, uh, business people there or, or like same people from the same industry gather there and then they meet their customers and customers and each other. So maybe participating in these kind of fairs could be possible. And definitely you can even visit the fair if you don't have your own booth there. So yeah, just need to check like which, which type of fairs are going on. What other means or channels do you use when you are getting the information from your customer? Um, yeah, I think the, 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 of course, the best uh, option is not to just try and test it, but go and really sell it in small scale or, or be really agile. Try to sell to someone a small batch, something small and see the, get the feedback. So, so not even to, you know, in, in, in research, all the research has its limits. And then especially if you have a third company doing it. So, so often it might be make much more sense to try to sell to the, some customers especially if for example if you are in foodstuffs you can agree with uh, supermarkets and you can do that de- degustation on place you can offer to to customers free samples basically and then they can eat it and try it and give you feedback and also ask yourself about the packaging or or would they buy it and you can see it immediately immediately are they buying the product or not then the next best thing i would say is would be to really to try to sell something on on small scale and to find a partner here or or even to yes you maybe you're not making the, your average profit from there or maybe you're not ma- making even any profit at all but it's it's a rather cost of, of trying to, to to do something in this market instead of doing this market research cost So to perceive this uh, first sales, not as uh, sales, but as investigation, yes, actually the market research itself. Exactly, exactly. Because that's the kind of the, the real point of truth. Otherwise, you know, customers can tell you they, lo- they would love the product, but not do it. And, but this is the for sure thing you see how they act, actually. So, so it takes all the guesswork out of this process. So the best way is to find the possibilities to try to sell, even if it will be not very profitable for you because of the scale, 
it will still give you the valuable information that you will get directly from the client. Exactly. And you can set up the process like uh, that the customer will give you feedback after trying the product or you can kind of not just sell, but you can keep contact with the customer and ask later, like, how did they like and what did they not like? And so to to get this uh, feedback from real customer. Where do usually Estonian customers uh, look for new products? Is it uh, common that they're looking at in the social media or you have uh, like catalogs or just the physical places where they go? It, it depends very much on the business what you have. I know for food products, it's uh, really common to have these degustations in the supermarkets where you can really taste the thing. And of course, you have heavy advertisement usually as well on top of that. But for just for trying in, in a small scale, you can do this uh, contact uh, shops or actually we have chains of shops. So we have, uh, I don't know if these are famous names in, in, in Ukraine, probably not, but, but um, a little, for example. But basically, uh, we have this chains who have like hundreds of hundreds of shops in Estonia. So if you agree with the management, then you can go and, and pick your own like favorite shop so i would rather go to these chains and you need to anyway agree with the purchasing manager of the chain so that's one one option and for business to business you obviously it's, it's rather like direct contact you need to go and find the company yourself there are no like or then perhaps in the fair you can you can share some free examples but even from fairs are more like uh, i think more just for talking if you mean like serious business then it's still you need to like personal visit or personal contact afterwards so and and of course uh, introducing new products i i believe very much into this digital media or, or facebook uh, google search i've seen uh, it making miracles across uh, across europe for example in in banking we were basically opening a, a bank in a in a new country totally a greenfield in this sense and uh, of course like every company is thinking where do we get the customers and then just a guy 2000 kilometers away basically was doing uh, some digital advertisement in in facebook and the customers were just coming in <laughs> so so uh, yeah facebook is uh, I, I think globally quite uh, quite popular channel to get new customers but you need to have a really uh, good uh, digital marketing manager by the way, uh, uh, talking about the social media, is it pretty like LinkedIn is for business and uh, Facebook is for personal life? For example, you have found a distributor buyer in Facebook. Is it okay to contact him via Facebook or it is uh, not in a business culture and will be considered as an uh, intrusion in the personal life? Uh, yeah, mostly here in, I would say, Northern Europe, Facebook is, is uh, for, uh, for personal you still you have company pages there and uh, and then you, if you contact uh, a chat in company page that's totally okay or a person who has given the contact but uh, let's say in business to business setting going after a, a purchasing manager contact and contacting in facebook that can be a bit intrusive uh, linkedin is definitely less because that's kind of professional network and and you get some contact offers all around the world anyway so but, uh, but then it depends, uh, again, like uh, if you have a really good offer and if you're really polite, I guess, <laughs> even if you contact someone on Facebook, then that's no, no harm done. If you will, uh, for example, call to a headquarter of the company and ask, you, ask to, uh, to connect you with some purchasing manager, how likely you will be connected? Is it like an open and okay approach in Estonia or it will be a struggle for you to, to break through? 
Uh, it again depends on the industry because uh, I know from foodstuff uh, sales, like just to put into supermarket chains, uh, they, they say like it's easy to, to, to get to the purchasing uh, manager, but uh, it's hard to stay on the shelves if you are not kind of consistently selling. So they let you in, they give you the opportunity with a small patch but if this patch is not selling then you are out of the shells also quite quickly so it's, it's quite agile in this sense uh, i think in baltics uh, maybe in, in finland sweden it is more more difficult to to, to reach they are more kind of closed uh, in this sense but definitely not impossible so talking about baltics yeah or the, the region from many people uh, out of baltics many think that uh, it is like if you are entered Estonia, then it is a piece of cake for you to expand to Lithuania or Latvia because everything is like the same. From the business perspective, yeah, or from, from the marketing perspective, client perspective, how different are these uh, three countries? Yeah, they have all different languages and they don't understand each other. <laughs> Uh, but then again, uh, they, they don't have any inside EU, they don't have any border uh, border guard so you can drive freely from one country to another and um, and then most of the big companies uh, operate across all three markets so let's say you, you get into one supermarket chain they, you can get very easily contacted by also to, to another country they are operated locally there is local management you need to contact in Estonia Latvia but still if it's the same chain then then it's it makes things easier and and yeah, sure there are small small cultural differences, but but not really like uh, compared to, to to people further away in Europe. So it, it might be a good idea, like to enter Estonia and then to expand to other Baltic countries. Yes, it 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 is definitely quite quite easy, I would say, to go if you if you start with one and then um, proceed with without with the other two. And how about Nordic countries uh, like uh, Sweden or Finland? Will you have a benefit if you are already present in Estonia? Will it be for you easier to expand to this country? Uh, that's a bit more difficult because there is uh, they, they have a bit more different culture already, like uh, and, and ways to do business. And uh, although the companies might be even having the same chain of supermarkets in Finland, uh, so so it it can give you definitely advantage that if you are selling in in a supermarket here and then you can say as a reference we are already selling in Estonia like uh, would you would you sell us also in Finland but uh, I would say that's not that uh, because uh, like uh, Finland Sweden the business managers are also taking looking at politics as development countries <laughs> so so having business here is is no but then again the, the opinion is changing in, in many ways we are like the, the, the country where Skype was born, the country where TransferWise was born, or some some quite big global companies. So so they are they know that the politics are fast, and then they are adapting. I would say at first politics were adapting this Nordic culture. Now it's a bit these Nordics are taking into this uh, more open culture. I don't know is it from politics or is it global, but but they are becoming more open as well. Talking about the culture. How do you think? Is there still this post-Soviet mentality and way of thinking or doing business in Baltic countries and in Estonia particularly? Because in many cases, when I hear Ukrainian clients of mine that are talking about Estonia or even other Baltic countries, they are saying that, oh, we will go to Baltic countries because the mentality is very close to ours. How do you think? Uh, is it still so? 
Yeah, I, um, I agree totally. We, we, we were both in under Soviet system for 50 years and that system was quite standard in, in Tallinn or in Kiev. So, and, and then we, we, we changed or adapted according to that system. But, uh, but I'm not sure that I would rather look like not even uh, uh, like the, the stage of development of countries, it's especially culturally. I'm looking at the time horizon, uh, what, what people have inside this culture. And this is like um, maybe what differentiates Estonian and then Ukrainian, uh, let's say, business managers. Or one, 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 one important thing to understand then is, is um, uh, for example, when I was doing uh, business with Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian people in, in 15 years ago in 2005, I was looking at business opportunities and, and the payoff of these business plans was always one year, at, at most one and a half years. So, so the time horizons, what, uh, what at least like 15 years ago were in Ukraine for doing business were like, you need to get all the money back plus some profit in, in, in one year. And, but, but now I think in Estonia has changed a lot. And then and this is an influence from Western Europe and, and, and Finland and Sweden is, is we, we, we had some businessmen say from Sweden came here, example from real estate sector, there was an like industrial area in, in the center of quite center in the city. And they, they, they bought this, uh, this industrial totally like basically ruins of, of a factory and, and they built a modern uh, office uh, building, one building there, and everyone was thinking like, why, why do you do it? No one will come and visit that. And ten years later, that was, or actually faster already, they had the second building built, the third, the fourth, and now there is a is a district, a, a very popular and and very kind of highly valued district in that place. But but the the, the Swedish investor who came here, they had time perspective of, of 10 years, 15 years. And I think this kind of thinking has affected Estonian people as well, the businessmen. They're not hoping to make this quick profit and, and uh, do it uh, like quick and dirty. Rather, you would do it uh, slowly and, and considering like uh, all, the, all the effects that you are having on your neighbors, on, on your society, and not taking this profit today, tomorrow, but you, it's okay to have this profit maybe coming just after five years. So that's the, maybe this cultural uh, cultural aspect, which would help, like also to explain why 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 partly these people in in this side of, of the globe are quite slow <laughs> to making decisions and and, and 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 also thinking through. So because the time horizon what they are operating in is is is, is much longer in business. Then when we are talking about culture, definitely another aspect uh, to open is uh, we are more quiet more silent and and maybe that that i perceived like we are very introverted and and sometimes you might even think is there any thought in that head at all or, or is it just uh, sitting there so uh, for for example i had a colleague uh, joining me in Tallinn office here uh, uh, from southern europe from albania a very smart manager and uh, she started working in Tallinn. we had this open office with uh, 10 people and she was sitting there for two days across the table from me. And then after two days, she was asking like, Andrus, do you have some funerals here? Or why is everyone so sad and quiet? Like, are you mourning someone? And then I, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this is the normal way how we work here. But uh, so the energy level, if you call it that, was uh, much lower compared to like people from Southern Europe. 
it doesn't mean that we are not working or that we are sad, but it's just the energy level. Of course, when she, she started to bring up the energy level, and, and I know Estonian people appreciated that as well, bringing in the music, the candies to the office and, and, um, and keeping the kind of a happy atmosphere. So that's yeah, the difference from just from nation to nation, and then you have to adjust to that. Good. Yeah, so interesting, interesting examples. Andrus, we're running off time already, unfortunately. And uh, my last question to you is, what would you give as an advice or, or a wish to Ukrainian exporters that are thinking uh, of uh, entering Estonian or Baltic countries' markets? Maybe a quick tip and definitely important tip now is uh, use the current moment where basically all, all the world and Estonia is very compassionate with the Ukrainian people and Ukrainian companies, definitely. So uh, definitely having a Ukrainian flag even on, on, on your goods is, uh, is uh, quite, um, quite an argument already because Estonian people want to support uh, and, and they, they are quite willing to buy just Ukrainian goods if they know that. So if you come here and with an attitude like this is what we do in Ukraine and we appreciate your help, if you're buying this stuff, then it's a, it's a really, I would say, neat way to get your, your foot between the door and, and your goods maybe on the shelves and um, just as a starters. That will add definitely uh, to the value proposal and, and when me as a customer, if I'm buying something and, and I know that this, uh, this helps Ukrainian people at this like, hard times, then, then definitely I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you for, for this tip and thank you for being uh, with me at the show. It was really interesting to talk with you. Thank you and thanks for inviting me. 